Hey, welcome to the First Two Entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard, and I'm your host. I am super excited to have this individual on. Um, this is our first show. Uh, when we, when I first started thinking about the podcast and we were putting this thing together, um, he was the first person that came to mind um, for show number one. Uh, there, there was no other uh, person that uh, I would want. Um, and he's a amazing individual. I have the pleasure of working with him on shift at the fire department. Uh, we also uh, run a non-for-profit together. He is the CEO and founder of Project Fire Buddies. Uh, please welcome Kurt DeGroot. How are you, buddy? What's up, buddy? It's an honor. I, th- I think you were way too nice about me. No. Uh, uh, um, no, I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, you know, especially episode number one, that I was the first one in your mind. And maybe it's because I'm always in your ear every every three seconds, but... <laughs> But uh, no, I appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it's Project Fireboys is a great story to tell, you know, and you know it firsthand. I agree. Um, and that's why I want to have you on, man. It's such an important mission that needs to get out there, that needs to start growing even faster than it already is. I mean, we have grown so quickly in such a short amount of time. Um, and that's and obviously in huge part to, to you for, and it wouldn't be around if you didn't start it. Right. Um, so tell the, tell the audience a little bit about how it started and why you did it. So project fire buddies, uh, we'll start like from the very beginning, right. Project fire buddies is, uh, a way for, uh, firefighters to create support and, uh, relationships with families battling pediatric cancer and other pediatric critical illnesses. Uh, so that's our big fancy uh, tagline that that we say. But uh, Project Fire Buddies is um, really it's an it's an organization um, that's made up of all firefighters, uh, mostly firefighters. We'll say uh, 90, 99 percent of firefighters. Uh, we do have some volunteers that help out in other spectrums, and we'll also have other uh, volunteers that will help out in different board positions and things of that nature. But the the brass tacks, you know, who runs it? It's the firefighters. Um, Project Fire Buddies, um, as a first responder, we all we all know the call. So, you know, I mean, it's so I guess I'll, I'll talk more to uh, the audience that isn't a first responder or maybe even jump into line and get some first responders realizing that they had those feelings. You know, uh, we go we go on those calls and we have them all the time. You know, we have our standard calls, our regulars, our fire alarms that you know we get our structure fires which you know we uh we're we're amped up and ready to go we get those bad car wrecks we're we're trying to do everything we can and then we get those medical calls you know sometimes it's a full arrest sometimes it may be whatever it may be you know there's something different about the call that sticks with you and for whatever reason across the first responder community it seems like especially individuals that have their own children or that are close with children as far as having maybe a niece or nephew that's that is around that age those calls kind of hit home uh they stick with you a little bit more you know and and 
you get back to the firehouse and and we can look at our SMOs. We can look at everything. We're like, man, we did everything. We did everything by the book. We did everything we were supposed to do. And even if it turns out positive, those calls just stick in the back of your head. You know, it's it's not those calls that you kind of forget about. It's they stick around. And we kept going to an individual that um, he was battling cancer. And the young man, the strength that this young man had. I mean, we go there, we we transport him. He's having a fever, spike of fever. And especially for kids that are battling leukemia and any kind of cancer, they have to watch those fevers. They they get out of control. And family would call us. We we would transport the young man and the strength that this kid was going through and the strength that the family had, you know, you just, you look at them and it's like, wow, you know, like we know how we feel if we got the flu, you know, now, now this kid is, is in the fight for his life and, and he's taking it with stride. Uh, He's, he's just real strong. So it's like, how can we do more as a first responder? How can we do more? You know, when I, I went, we went back to the firehouse and, you know, talking to our shift mates and, and we have those conversations all the time and, and everybody in the community understands that. And it's like, what can we do more? You know, and everybody said, we did everything we can do. There's nothing else we can do. And I hated that answer. It's, it's that standard answer that that stigma that's around the fire service. That's the way we've always done it. Right. And people can't give you a reason why that's a good thing or a bad thing. They just say, that's the way we do it. So that's how we're doing it. And, yep. and first responders traditionally don't like change. So you, you look at that and it's like, okay, so it's just, just hated the answer. And, and then your brain starts kicking in overdrive and you start thinking about what can we do, you know? And, and it's, it's cool because, and I, I say the phrase all the time, all first responders were just a couple of laborers, right? It's a job we took. It's the calling we had, but we're just a couple of laborers. But when these young kids look at us like we're heroes, why aren't we using that to our advantage, right? I mean, anybody in any kind of sales job will use every, every ounce that they can to, to, in every angle to create a sale, right? Why aren't we using that to bring a positive? And it's just figuring out the way of doing that. So I remember I brought it to my chief, kind of explained to him. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? And, and my answer was, I have no idea, but I want to do something. Let me figure something out. And he's like, okay, I give you the green light. Just keep me up to date with what you're thinking. And we started, we, you know, I, I, I went back and looked at that dynamic and how that looked and said, okay, why don't we just do something small? Let's keep it very grassroots and let's go hang out with them. You know, we'll, we'll bring the rigs up and we'll play some board games. We'll play air hockey, play some video games. And I mean, how cool is that? You know, a, a young, a young child, you know, has a group of firefighters that he's using his talents, you know, maybe he's a, a stud at video gaming, you know, and, and we're not so, or most of us aren't. And he, you know, just totally destroys us at that game or whatever it may be, you know, and he feels, you know, it gives him a sense of empowerment, you know, and, and that's, that's how it started, you know, and it's blown up since then, but that's our basis of where we started. Yeah, it is absolutely blown up since then. And, uh, and for good reason, right? I mean, we, it's, like I said before, it's such an important mission and we, these kids are going through hell. There's, there's no question about it. Yeah. And, we give them 
a, a bright spot in their day, 20, 30 yeah. minutes of them smiling, family smiling, you know, and I think that is super, super powerful for these kids, you know, and tell, tell us a little bit more, tell the audience a little bit more um, about where it kind of morphed into what it is today. Okay. So we, we started doing that and uh, which I won't go into a long tangent of the, the first hurdle, but the first hurdle was finding the, the families. Um, and I, I won't spend too much time on it, but it's just with HIPAA and everything. And HIPAA is there for a good reason. I'm not knocking mm -hmm. HIPAA at all. Um, but it, it did create some red tape for us to get through. So it, it was all word of mouth, word of mouth and reaching out to the schools themselves. But then all of a sudden, you know, it started, the word started to spread and families started to hear about it. We started to get more kids uh, as we were going through and having more kids. And we were, we were doing this and scheduling dates and doing this. I mean, we're still doing our training. We're still going on our calls. We're still, you know, there to do our job. But anytime we could find a little bit of downtime to go put a smile on somebody's face, we, we figured out ways of doing it, right? And, and we did that. So as we were doing that, uh, the, the moment that changed everything, uh, we had a young man that was a soccer star at the high school level. Uh, he's 17 years old. His kid's whole life is soccer, right? And he ended up having bone cancer. And now this, this young man had to get his leg amputated. And when you think about that, if you think about if you played sports when you were a youth or or even our lives are, are, are being, you know, firefighters, paramedics, that being stripped away from you, just just like that, it, it, you know, in a blink of an eye that's stripped away from you. How how would you feel in that in that moment? So we took that into account, looked at that and we're like, man, what can we do for this young man? Like his world has just been turned upside down. Um, how do we how do we put a smile on his face? And now that he's 17, it's not so cool for firefighters to come hang out with a 17 year old. You know, he's like, you know, even though he's a great kid, but he's 17. You know, when I was 17, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Get away. I, I don't need you. You know, and and how do we how do we put a smile on his face? So I remember bouncing off ideas, and I was you know coming home, and it was consumed in my family life right and my my wife is trying to figure out angles I'm trying to figure out angles and and then finally I'm like you know what why don't we reach out to the Chicago Fire soccer team you know reached out to them and they they gave they called me back and they're like okay what's the program called what are you trying to do gave them the full story and they're like what do you want and I'm like do you understand what this individual just had like put them on the field let them meet the players give them you know front row send the whole family and they kind of laughed at first. They're like, you're kind of asking a lot. And I'm like, we really aren't asking a lot. You know, I'm like, I understand that. But think about this young man's situation. And this is this is a memory he'll have for the rest of his life. Let's do it, you know. And and after I kind of turned it a little bit like that, they, they, they thought about it. I prayed about it. And before I knew it, uh, they called us back and said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to give the family six tickets to a playoff game. Um, they actually said that one of their uh, players on the team is a pediatric cancer survivor, uh, worked, worked with him. And um, yeah, that, that, it, that, that young man got to go on the field, met the players. I, he's still in contact with some of those players to this day. And it, it was a great thing, you know, and, and then you have that, that moment like where everything falls into place and it's like, this is great. 
it's a success. And I get home and it's like, yeah, we did it. And my wife's like, that's awesome. Why don't you do that for everyone though? And that was that moment of, oh yeah, I didn't even look at it that way. You know, you look at, you, you, sometimes you get tunnel vision and, and that's, that's what your family's for, right? They, they, they help you create and keep you out of that tunnel vision to look at things in a grand, grand spectrum because they're outsider looking in. Right. And, right. and I'm like, okay, all right. I, I like where you're at, babe. Let's, let's, let me, let's figure this out. You know, how do we do it? And so then we started looking at that and, and everything in the fire service, everybody knows if, if they know a firefighter, paramedic, they know, oh, they got a guy, you know, everyone knows a guy that's got a guy to do this, whether it's construction, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, they, everybody always has a guy, especially in the fire service. So why not use that strength to, to make, make Project Fire Buddy spread a little bit more to get those favors. And it's not for us personally, but what it's for is those, the most vulnerable in our community to benefit from it. So how, I couldn't think of a better way of doing that, you know, and we started doing that. We started getting, you know, bigger wishes. Um, I, I, I don't know if you want me to go in detail of those or not. I, I have no problem. I could just name a couple of them. Um, so with that being said, we had, uh, we, we get kids that are doing well in treatment. We get kids that aren't doing so well. We get kids that are terminal and whatnot. And we have to utilize, you know, that, that guy, you know, who knows a guy, right? And I remember we had a young man that was terminal, uh, very difficult diagnosis, just a great family. And how do we make something special for him? You know, when he was a seven-year-old boy, wanted to go to a Bulls game, never went to one in person. How do we, how do we make it more than us just buying some tickets for a Bulls game? So what we did was we reached out to uh, – I reached out to my wife's uncle and he's friends with Tony Kukoc and ended up, ended up talking with him. And this, this young man's favorite player was Zach Levine. Uh, he was able to get him to go on the floor and warm up with Zach Levine. He was able to sit on the bulls bench with his family, just a complete VIP experience, meet the different players. Um, that type of stuff is what we're looking for now right and we were able to do that with a blackhawks game uh a lawyer good lawyer friend of mine uh he he hooked me up with uh brent sopel now since then brent has been huge with project fire buddies he is he is probably our biggest cheerleader um and he is really an asset to the organization because i mean that one conversation and once he heard what we were doing he wanted to be all in. He wanted to help out any way he could. And he has from the, from, from that point on. So he set us up with the Blackhawks. The family got to go hang out with Duncan Keith for the day and then got to watch the game right on the glass. And then got to go in the back and meet the players and, and do all that. You know uh, we've done stuff with the Chicago bears. There's, there's so many things. I mean, we could spend six hours telling you about these things that, that happened. Um, but that's no, just, at. yeah, just it, it showcases how we go above and beyond for these kids because they deserve it. Yeah. And, and, and if I, I'm sorry, no, uh, if, if I wouldn't mind, to, I, I'd like to touch because I kind of fast forwarded, you know, a little bit there, but I'd like to touch on, you know, the reason Project Fire Buddies 
is a 501c3 nonprofit. The reason it was able to get that. Absolutely. Um, so as being first responders and I was, I have a construction background. Uh, I'm a sprinkler fitter and didn't really have any kind of uh, knowledge on a 501c3. And Ryan, you know, firsthand at the very grassroots beginning of Project Fire Buddies, we, uh, you know, the group of us, we funded Project Fire Buddies through our personal checking accounts. We, we used a lot of our own funds to, to make this work, but as it was growing and getting bigger, it just wasn't sustainable to do that, you know, and, and granted, we, we were fortunate and blessed to have different uh, people in the community to help out with different things. We put stuff on our social media, but it was, uh, it wasn't running very smooth and we really needed that 501c3 and we had that, had a list. It was coming close to Christmas time and I, that was in any kind of business, you have those breaking points mm -hmm. and, and it's either, are you going to fail or are you going to, are you going to, uh, going to beat it? You know, like, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to take it to the next level or not? And there's comes a point where a lot of it's out of your hands, you know, and a lot of other things are in play. So I went to the guy that I always go to, you know, I went to the man upstairs I remember sitting at the picnic table at the firehouse and I was looking at the list of gifts that we needed. And I remember just looking up and saying a prayer. Um, I know if anybody came down when I was doing that, probably would think I was crazy at the moment, but I was, I was speaking to God directly, you know, and just praying like, Hey, I, I feel like you're pushing this organization to do something bigger and greater. I'm not sure what to do in the situation. We, we don't know what to do. And we need help, you know, and, and it, it was just left like that. It was a little stressful. You know, you, you're balancing your normal family life. You're balancing the, what's going on at, at your full-time, you know, job at the firehouse and, and, and trying to figure out what was going to happen and had the next day off. We celebrated Thanksgiving because we were on shift on Thanksgiving. So celebrated Thanksgiving on another day at my uh, brother's house. And I remember, you know, I'm like, okay, I just need to step away from my phone. It was stressing me out having uh, Thanksgiving dinner with, with family. And as much as I said, I'm stepping away from my phone. Uh, there was a message that came through on my phone that said, Hey, call me. And that's all it said, but there was something about it that just in my gut, I'm like, I need to call this individual back. Like, I don't know why I just like, I need to call this individual back. Cause there was other messages that sure. I, I ignored, but you just have that gut feeling, you know, and and I called that individual back and he uh, was really loud at the party. I couldn't really hear what he said his name was at the beginning. And, and I'm talking with him and he, he's like, Hey, yeah, my, my, uh, my son and my daughter-in-law have an organization and, and we like to help out. And, and I'm doing my normal project for everybody spiel of, you know, we got gifts as low as $50 or $20. If anything helps. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, they have an organization. They want to help. Um, and this was on a Saturday. And he's like, uh, my son plays tomorrow, but they can reach out to you. And then, and then it started clicking in my head. Wait, he plays tomorrow. They have a foundation. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. What was your name? <laughs> and, and he's like, it's Chief Schofield. You know, and I go, oh, Chief. Now I'm referring to Chief as all right, buddy. All right, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> you know, never called them chief once. Uh -huh. and so now, now, now you get the normal embarrassment, you know, and, 
And I'm like, hey, man, I, I, go, I go, Chief, I am so sorry. I'm like, I missed your name at the beginning. It's loud at this party. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's all right. It's all right. And now Chief Schofield, his son plays, um, he's a Super Bowl 50 champ. He plays in the NFL. Um, Michael Schofield, his wife is Kendall, Kendall Coyne Schofield, Olympic gold medalist. Like these are some high profile people. Absolutely. And, and not even just them. It's the Chief Schofield alone. He's, he's, uh, he's huge in the fire service. You know, the guy spent his time, he spent time in Chicago. He's the chief of Orland. He's, he's, he's a great chief. You know, he's, he's, he's the firefighters chief, you know, that's, that's what you want. And for him to reach out, it was an answered prayer. And, and and from that point on, you know, uh, Kendall called my phone and it was shocking. And I, I, I was a little starstruck by the phone call and, she called and said, yeah, you know, like, like, give us a list, like, give us a whole, you know, and it was truly an answered prayer. Now, fast forward, they dropped off the gifts. Everything was great. We still had that 501c3, that, that yep. ghost hanging on, in our back, you know, yep. and we were worried about it. And what, what can we do? And not only were they the answered prayer for the gifts, they were the answered prayer for the 501c3 because Kendall's like, oh, that's no big deal. My dad can help you with that. And her dad, John, is just, he's a great man. And her mom, they're just, they're, they both have great, yeah, great families. And he started taking care of all of it. Now we're still going into a funding issue because it costs money, costs money to be with 501c3. I remember you and I, Ryan, we were looking into places and they wanted to charge thousands to set this up. And it's like, how do we come up with this? And Kendall's like, you know what, we're, he'll take care of it. And I'm actually going to take care of all your fees. And she covered everything to make it happen. So, I mean, you want to talk about an answered prayer? It's, it's definitely the entire family there, the, the coin family and the Schofield family. They were definitely 100%. an answered prayer. hundred um, percent. I don't know where we would be. I know we say it all the time, um, you know, in different interviews and different, uh, events that we speak at and we say it all the time. I don't know where we'd be without them. They are, Kendall and Michael are amazing. This organization chief has been amazing in this organization. Uh, you, you mentioned Brent Sopel. He's been incredible to this organization. We've, we've been truly blessed to have all of these people uh, cheering us on and, and helping us and at, at every backing call. And, and half the time we don't even call them. They just, Hey, how can I help today? Yeah. It's super powerful. And I think that really showcases how this organization impacts these kids. Yep. You're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, so if you watch, if you spend all day watching the news, you're going to be depressed. Anybody (laughs) is, they can spend I don't care what side of the fence political you stand on, or if you say, you know what, I don't stand on any fence. I don't stand on any side of the fence. I don't care about politics. You're going to be depressed if you watch the news. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's only human nature when you take on what's happening and what's being delivered to you around to start feeling negative and start almost feeling cynical on, on what's going on. And I don't think that's our normal makeup. Our normal makeup is being positive, right? Our, our normal makeup is, you know, 
what can we do? You know, it's, it's, I, I, I've said it to my kids when they were young, you know, it's how, your job as a human is to leave this place a little bit better than you found it. And that's, that's your job with anything you do. When you rent a car, when you, when you rent a house on like uh, any kind of property rental or anything, you know, that, that should always be your mission. And why aren't we doing that with life? And sometimes people, and I'm guilty of the same thing um, where you fall into that negativity that surrounds you, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you do that? So now with this organization, what we have seen firsthand, Ryan, I mean, we've seen people come out of that. We've never, never met anything that come out to help. And all they wanted was a bridge to do good. And, and if, if that keeps happening, I mean, think about how much brighter of the world we would live in. You know, if, if all of us as humans could just live with the mentality, how do we make the place a little bit, leave judgment, leave all of that aside, get that out of your head. How do we stay positive and how can we make a direct impact? And it doesn't have to be all the grandioso or anything. It could be small as holding the door open for somebody, yeah, giving somebody a smile, saying hi, but that right. changes people's lives. And if we can get out of the negativity of the new social media, anything that's causing negativity in your life and focus on what can I do? What can I personally do to make the world a better place? And I'm telling you right now, what's not going to help is yelling on social media at people. So what can you do physically to help change the world, you know, and, and changing the world is again, holding the door open for somebody. And once, once we built that bridge, Ryan, I mean, I started this and it was very small. I brought you in and we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for you. You you were a huge impact on this. I mean, I know you are very you you're a very humble man and you don't you don't give yourself credit where it's due, man. But I know the value that you had for this organization and I'm a big dummy, man. <laughs> I, I am. I am. You know, no, I, I, I I got some good ideas, man, but you were able to uh, bring your strengths into my weaknesses, and and it's because of that. It's this organization has has been blowing up because of that. I I appreciate the kind words, man. I uh, you know I don't I don't think I made that big of an impact, but we'll we'll save that discussion <laughs> for another day. Um, but no, I you know I, this organization is such a a bright uh, bright spot in life a beacon of light if you will and you know you i don't think i i don't think i could have really said it better you you know talking about making a positive impact on the world and i think that's something that has gone to the wayside and you know us utilizing this organization in that manner is very powerful and very impactful for people even just people you know, that, uh, want to give five bucks to make, to make them or have them make that small positive impact that they were looking for. Right. Or that, or they see what we're doing and they're seeing the, the, um, the unbelievable impact that we're having on so many different kids and families, you know, they're like, wow, there, there still is good in the world. Yeah. It's it's still out there. And, you know, I love that this organization continues to push that i mean it i i am beyond uh blessed to be a part of it um you know i i have enjoyed every single second of 
all of the hours and hours and hours and hours of work that we've put in. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, There's it's, lots of them. It is, it's a hundred and ten percent worth it. Seeing one of those kids smile. Yeah. Makes everything worth it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, and that's, that's kind of like, you think about it, that's your big payout. Right. It is. So, just, so you're, yeah, your, your podcast is, is about, you know, different uh, first responders with, uh, creating, you know, having different businesses and, and things like that. That's our payout. Our payout is seeing those smiles or seeing that, you know, yeah. and we're, I, I say it all the time, it's corny, but we get paid with smiles. You know, it's <laughs> true. It's true. It's, it's what it is, you know, and when you see all these other organizations that have helped us that have done something, you know, you got, you know, Caitlin from the hundred club, yeah. hundred club is such a large charity and they do such amazing work. Like mm -hmm. they change the lives of so many people Absolutely. At, at, at such a terrible time. Yeah. And the way that she has helped us out, um, you got, you know, organizations like star treatments, you know, that, that is, you know, it was founded by a member that uh, uh, legendary rock star bassist, Matt Dorito. Right. And he started this cause he's on tour with his band. He's, he's playing everywhere. And this individual was like, how this is great that we get this, but how do I, how can, how can I make, how can I help out kids that again, same mission we have that are vulnerable? How do we help them? I don't need all this fancy stuff. How, how do I help them? And he created this organization called star treatments where he sends kids that, that are battling, you know, cancer and critical illnesses to treatments in style, you know, VIP style, they go in, in, in a limo and a tour bus and they go back and forth the treatments that way. Like just when you see those things happening and those organizations stepping in and helping us in, in, in every step that they have, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. And then, like you said, that $5 a month, that, that stuff is huge. People don't Absolutely. realize that, you know, when, I mean, we have it on our website where people can donate monthly, you know, people think that I can only give $5 a month. I ain't going to be able to do it. It's not going to make a big impact. That's a gigantic impact. Right. Because if you look at our social media following, if we had everybody give $5 a month, I mean, we would be growing three times as fast as we are right now. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, and you look at it and it's like, okay, well, which, which is a marketing thing, which goes down to you, but, <laughs> but, but the, the different uh, video services, right. You got Netflix, you got Hulu, you know, there's a, and sometimes people use those all the time, but sometimes people don't. And it just kind of hits and it, you get to that re reoccurring bill that goes over and over and no one's using it. Right. Well, that's great marketing on their, their part. But for us, we have those reoccurring things and you can see the direct impact that actually helps the people, the kids in your community. It doesn't go to, to this gigantic organization where you never see what happens. We have it on our social media. You know, it's, several times a week where we have different visits and different things like that. And that's how we get our funding. That That's right. how we do the things we're able to do. Yeah. I mean, in two things there, one, um, you know, you talk about the, the $5 a month donation, right? It, people, like you said, they don't think that it's, it's, it's a lot. Right. And when you look at the, look at a life, let's turn this into a business conversation, right? You look at a lifetime value of that $5 donation per month. Yeah, I'll take that all day over a single yeah. hundred dollar donation. Yeah, I will take that five dollar a month donation monthly all day over. Right, and, and, and that helps with budget too. 
It right? does. Because, because you, you look at it and you're able to create a budget then. Absolutely. And people don't realize the impact that they could make with five bucks. Yeah. I mean, granted, yes, nowadays, $5 really doesn't get you far anymore right. in this world, but it helps, especially with a non-for-profit. And I love seeing that. And you and I have talked about this many times. Um, I actually heard, um, I want to say it was Simon Sinek. And uh, I don't know if it was on LinkedIn or Facebook, I, I watched it, but he had a short uh, two, two minute video about um, making, he wanted to, instead of call calling not-for-profits, not-for-profits, he wanted to call it a for impact organization. And I thought that was awesome. And it, yeah. it kind of, it kind of hit home because we are making an impact. We are, we are for an impact. Yeah. Right. Or making that positive impact on, on the world. And, yeah. you know, it starts with the, the kids that, uh, that were making that direct impact for, yeah. um, and one of the things that I believe he touched on and you and I have talked about many times is this trying to have charities work together, right? We're not competing against each other. We shouldn't be competing against each other. We should be furthering each other's missions. Right. Yep. We're all in it for the same thing. As yep. long as, as long as the missions check out, right. And it's not every charity's, you, you know, you got to make sure right. it's on the up and up and everything. Right. Yeah. You know, just all the ones that we've dealt with the Schofield family foundation, uh, star treatments, the hundred club. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing more. Brent Sopel, uh, Brent Sopel 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 foundation. foundation. Yep. Um, why we need to be helping each other. Yep. Why not push each other's missions forward? Look at what they have done for us. Yep. And look at yep. what, and, and in turn, what we do for them. We post yep. about them all the time. Yeah. And we have no problem doing it because ultimately it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to be taking any donations away from you because they are separate causes, right? People have those core causes that they want to donate to. People have those core um, belief system that they want to support. And yep. it doesn't, it, you're not taking away donations because I know charities feel that way. Yep. But that's not the case, you know, yep. and I think that if more, not more charities, not-for-profits, for impacts, whatever you want to call them, work together, like think about the positive impact that would bring to the world in the not-for-profit space. It would right. be huge. Right. And, huge. and it feels good to do oh, those yeah. things. Like, like it's, it's like it, 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 the, the way you feel, the euphoria you feel when you're able to complete and, and do anything like that in a positive way, you feel great. And what yeah. does that do? What does that do? That brings you back and you feel great when maybe you're a little burnt out at, at the firehouse. Mm -hmm. So you're going in with a positive mindset. You know, you're bringing that positive mindset to the, to the table, right? To the, to the picnic table, to the kitchen table, whatever it may be. You're also bringing that positive mindset when you come home. Because maybe your spouse had a bad day. Maybe maybe your kids had a bad day. But if you can have that positivity still running through you, now you're sharing that positivity. You're helping them. You're helping your coworkers. You're helping your family. And, you're, and, it, and it spreads. It spreads like, like wildfire, you know, and, and to kind of keep that positivity. But unfortunately, that negativity does the same thing, right? So that's why it's, you got to rise above it and keep doing that. Yeah. And... You know, I think what you said there is very indicative of being a leader, right? Like that's what leaders do. Yeah. 
that's what leaders do. And that's what we need more of. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, so kind of switching gears here, let's talk about, um, you know, one of the main things with the podcast we want to try to hit home or, or talk about is the difficulties in running a business and being on shift at the same time, still having time for your family and any other commitments that you may have, uh, hobbies, you know, it, it running, you, you know, cause look at what you and I did, did for a long time. I mean, you, you still do some work with, you know, in the sprinkler fitters, right? Yeah. So you're still, you're not doing as much anymore, um, but you're still doing that. You're, you're at the firehouse every third day for 24 hours. You do the sprinkler fitter stuff sometimes outside of work. Yeah. We're running, we're running that, we're running project fire buddies. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's kind of the reason why I wanted to start. One of the big reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is, you know, I, we're, I'm in the same boat as you, right. We're, yeah. we're on shift together for 24 hours. I come home and I run my marketing business for yeah. two days. I go back to the firehouse and then I still have to find time to also, uh, help run fire buddies and yep. ba- manage my family life with my wife and my son. Yep. Right. And, yep. and all of the other commitments, my, you know, my family, my parents, my siblings, <coughs> friends, yep. you know, whoever it, it's such a balancing act. And, you know, this, that's one of the main reasons why we wanted to start the podcast so we can talk about these things. So it can help hopefully somebody that's struggling. Hey man, how do I, I want to start a business, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to balance my life, you know, or maybe they have a business. Maybe they are running a business. Maybe they're, they're just beating the head off the wall because they can't figure out how to, Hey, how do I manage my time? How do yeah. I, how do I, I, I don't get it. Like I'm, I'm going insane. I'm, 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 you know, I'm stressed out. You know, I'm, I'm angry all the time. Um, you know, which all of these things makes being an entrepreneur or a business owner, in our line of work, even more unique, right? We already have those stressors in our life from the calls that we go on, right? Yep, yep. You know, just in the last month, the couple of calls that you and I have been on together have been extreme stressors on our lives. Yeah, and, very, very traumatic calls, yes. And now you add in that stress of owning and running a business or running a non-for-profit. And yep. it just, it creates, you know, for some people, it's, 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 hard it 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 it, they think it won't work but i want to be able to work through these problems with people and and encourage other people that are thinking about entrepreneurship that are maybe a cop or a fireman dispatcher you know whatever line of work that they're in that it's possible and that you can do it because ultimately what are we all looking for in running a business we're looking for freedom yeah you know yeah the money's great money lead that money does lead to freedom in a sense yeah. That's what we're all looking for. So how, how have you managed the, the hurdle of time management? So that's, that's the tough one. So um, I was beating my head against the wall for quite a bit. That was a good, good analogy that you threw out. So, I mean, doing, doing, you know, being on our, our schedule and then being a sprinkler fitter, um, and you know, firsthand, you watched me do it. I, I was averaging 97 hours a week of working, hands-on working 97 hours a week and trying, and that's not including project fire buddy stuff. So that's trying to fit that into a schedule and how to make that work. You know, I mean, it's, and then to sleep when you can, right. It's, it's just not there. 
And how do you do it, right? So if you're you're working 97 hours a week, that gives you roughly 70 hours of not working. And you got to fit some sleep in there and you got to fit your family life in there. And then you got to fit Project Fire Buddies in there. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't sustainable, right? Yep. So I had, to, I had to kind of switch gears. I had to step back a little bit from the sprinkler fitters, you know, and, and, and step back a little bit. Um, but what I realized that made everything work out is sometimes you get pigeonholed, right? You get that mm-hmm. tunnel vision. I got to do this job. I got to get, you know, whatever it is. I got to get the, the, the pipe, the orders, this, I got to get there. I got to do this at the firehouse. I got to fix this. I got to go here. I got to do that project fire, buddies. I got to order this. I got to call this, call that. And you, you start looking right in that tunnel vision. When you walk in that tunnel vision, you sometimes forget why you're doing everything, right? So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta take a step back, take that deep breath, and look at it. So what are what are my? This is just me, right? What are my main focuses? What's number one in my life? It's it's God, it's family, it's friends, it's work, it's friends, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you have to have it, right? And you gotta you gotta figure that out, and you gotta reevaluate what you're doing. So. Am I, am I doing everything I'm supposed to be, you know, with, with, with God, right? Am I, am I going, going to church, going to mass? Am I praying? Am I giving that time of meditation? You know, because that is your time for you. And you helped me remind me of that, Brian, you know, that, that, that 20 minutes a day of, of, you know, you call it meditation, you call it 20 minutes of prayer, whatever it is, but it's 20 minutes and it's just you and him. And it's focusing on what you're supposed to do. And you need that. You need that to clear your head, you know, and, and then it looks at, and then you look at family, right. And in family, all of everything that you're going through, isn't so great if you don't have them. Right. Yep. And how do you, how do you make sure that you are still number one to them? Right. And, and, and where you're very influential in them. So you have to reevaluate yourself. What's big about family is, um, which I'm not great at it, but going to the gym, just hitting some cardio keeps your head clear. It releases those endorphins. It keeps you on that positive outlook and it clears your head. So mm-hmm. doing that, I throw in with family because that makes me a better husband. It makes me a better father, you know, makes me a better partner, a bit brother, whatever, uncle, all down the line. So if you can get that down, and then you work on the other things. You work on your work. And you never have enough time. Anybody that works in the fire service and has another business, you never have enough time. There's no such thing. Nope. And that's okay. It's okay not to have enough time. You have, to, you have to create that list. And you have to be disciplined. But being disciplined doesn't mean you're working on your days off, you're working 18 hours a day. That's not discipline. Right. That's burnout. Yep. You, you need to set times. I'm going to get this task this task, this task, this task done. If, if you don't make it, that task is just going to get kicked down the line. So you know, in your mind that if I keep kicking that can, it's going to keep growing that list. So that means I have to get these things done. So I'm real big on lists. I need to do this, check it off this, check it off, just check it off. Got that one from my wife. I'm not going to tell her that I took it from her, but she's real (laughs) big on lists, you know? She likes to, I watched her do it, you know, she, when she's 
you got a day off and she's cleaning the house and she's like, I'm going to hit this room. I'm going to do this. And she checks them off. And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Cause if yeah. you think about it, your brain is always working. Okay. I got to do this. I got to do that while you're doing something else. And you're yep. thinking about the next thing you've got to do. So you don't forget that thing while you're doing the thing you're supposed to do. And you don't even do it with quality then. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep those lists going and, and you check it off and guess what? You're not going to get it all done. You're not going to get everything done. You can't, it's not humanly possible. Nope. Hopefully you have enough people in your corner and your side to keep going, but don't be so hard on yourself. You get it done, you get it done. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, I agree. You, you reevaluate the next day and there's no, I can't unlock the secrets to the universe on how to get more time because there's no such thing. So you just nope. take the time that you have and, and using your time valuably, right? It's, it's how many, how many times, you know, I, I see, my kids and, and guys we work with and gals we work with that, and we're, and we're all guilty of it too, mm-hmm. they'll just fall into the sinkhole of on their phone, right? Oh, and if you start putting hour for hour how much time you spent wasting money on watching videos of what this or that or reading about this or that, you're not doing anything positive for yourself in that minute, you know, like, I get everybody has to have their, their downtime, you know, sure. maybe, maybe you like watching some sports highlights on your phone and that gives you your, your downtime, but put a timer on yourself because the way social media is designed and the way those videos are designed are designed for you to go into a rabbit hole to spend hours on them. They're going to keep feeding you the next thing. They're going to see that algorithm of what you like, and they're going to keep sending you the next one, the next one, the alert for the yep. next one. So say, you know what, I'm taking 10 minutes or 15 minutes and I'm going to watch the highlights from, from NFL last week or from MLB this week. I'm going to watch those and that's all I'm doing. And then I'm going to go and continue my list. Right. It's when you fall into that rabbit hole of nonsense, mm-hmm. which we're all guilty of. I'm guilty of the same thing, you know, yeah, and, and just, and just keeping focused on what you need to do. Yeah. And I, I think you had a couple of good points there. And I want to, I want to hit on them. Right. So you, one of the things that you said was scheduling and I don't know what I would do without my calendar. I, everything is in my calendar. I would be completely lost without it. And, you know, it's, it's not just, it's, it's scheduling everything, right. It's scheduling, uh, making sure our shifts are in the calendar, making sure you know, anything related to the fire department is in the calendar. And then I put my business stuff in the calendar. They are in separate calendars, uh, my business and then everything else, uh, just because, you know, I could have eight, 10 meetings in a day and I don't want that, you know, logging up or hogging up space on my personal one. But, but either way, I still have all of that stuff scheduled out. And because yeah. if you don't do that, it's more or less going to be chaos. And yep you know, in, in your day and, you know, owning a business, running a not-for-profit, you know, whatever your, uh, your forte is, I think having that stuff scheduled out is a huge, um, stress, stress reliever. Yeah. And one of the other things that you talked about was being okay with stuff not getting done. And I try to hit home or I try to talk about this with a few people recently and it's, it's being okay with stuff that's out of your control. It's tough, man. It's, it's extremely hard. And I, I, I still struggle with it on occasion. Right. And 
just being being okay knowing that I can't control that or I can't control this. Why am I being stressed out about it? Yeah. You know, why? Why? It's just adding more stress to my life. Yep. So if I could finally come to the realization that, hey man, you it's okay. You can't control that. Yep. So let it go. Yep. And the amount of crap that's that's lifted off your shoulder at that point, or your shoulders at that point is amazing. Yep. And you, you know, it's like you said, it's it's scheduling, it's it's knowing that you can't control everything. It's knowing and one important thing is be okay with saying no. Yeah. That is such a huge thing again that I'm just learning now. It's tough. Um, it is. And you're you're terrible at it for a while. I, you're I, finally you're finally getting really good at it. But it, it's <laughs> it's hard because you're a good dude. You're a good guy. Like and people, you have a lot of skills. You have a lot of skills that aside from just marketing and, and project fire buddies and the fire service, but you have a lot of skills. You have mechanical skills and you have you have a lot of these skills to where which is good. That, that's kudos to you. But people also see that. And, and, and here's the one skill that you have that is my favorite skill of yours that people will flock to is because it's my biggest pet peeve when people don't have this skill. And it's the follow through skill. There are so many people in the world that can't follow through with things, right? Yeah. And I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it. But if you find people will latch on to other people that have that skill, mm -hmm. people will talk, will talk about leadership. People will talk about everything else, positivity and everything. People will latch on to people that follow through. And if you follow through, people are going to flock to you. When they flock to you, they're also going to ask something of you because they usually <laughs> need help following through on something. But if you have that, right, I'm, I'm almost obsessive about it. You know, mm -hmm. where if I say I'm going to do something, I need to do it. Like right. I, I got to go through it. And mm -hmm. so those, so that's going to be your problem. That's going to be your problem. And that's why you have, unfortunately, you've had to say no to things now because yeah. people are like, Hey, Ryan's our guy. He'll, he'll, he'll get it done. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's two things, right? It, you're, you feel like, Hey man, I'm, I'm doing something right. You know, people, people are coming to me for all kinds of stuff and yeah. man, you, you, you feel good. It's a good feeling and you want to help everybody that's, that's coming to you. And that's what I struggle with. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I want to help. I want to be that. Cause that you're a good person. person. That, yeah. And I want to be that person that people can lean on and, you know, in times of trouble and, and um, you know, stuff like that. But you know, it, there comes a point where you can only do so much. There's only so much time in the day because yeah. what happens when you start saying yes to all these things and yeah, man, I'll help you out. Yeah, man, I'll help you out. Oh, no problem. No problem. I got that. Well, you're, you're taking time away from something else by doing that. And you're, you're usually saying, you're usually saying no to your family now without 100%. them realizing. And that's, that's the thing that you can't say no to. You're 110%. Saying, you're saying no to you time. Yep. The time that you need to stay healthy, to keep operating at the machine level that you are. If you're saying yes to and overextending yourself, you then are saying no to yourself. You're saying no to your family. 
you're saying, which are the most important people. And then you're saying no to the, to the businesses that you're running. Right. And, and those are your obligation over. And it's hard because it's, it's, why did we get into the fire service to help people? Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's why did any first responder get into their, their service to help people? You know, yeah. 90% of them got into it to help people. They didn't get into it to, um, to, to live a rich lifestyle because they went down the wrong road for that. Um, but side note, we, we, I'm, I'm very thankful for what we get paid, but we're not making <laughs> what, what top executives make. Right? right. And, and so when you look at that, um, that's why we got into the service. So it's hard. Your, your natural instinct is that way. Yeah. And and you, when you say yes to too many, then you end up saying no without even saying the word no. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, I think that's a, it's an important skill to, for any, any entrepreneur, whether you're in the fire service or not, you yeah. got to learn how to say no eventually. And it's yeah. not that you don't want to help. It's not that you don't care about what that person's bringing to you that, um, that they need help with. It's that, just like you said, you're, if I say yes to you, then I'm saying no to someone else. And, mm -hmm. and then more more than likely, that's my family. Yes. And or or another commitment that you already made. So yeah, you know, having that skill is is super important. And I you know I want to make sure that people understand that it's it's okay to say no. It's yeah. okay to realize that that stuff is not that there are things that you can't control. Mm -hmm. Just be okay with it, and you will have so much stress lifted off your shoulders. Um, well, man, it's been absolutely awesome talking to you. I, you know, I'm again, I wanted to make sure that you were the first person that was on this podcast. I had no other person in mind for it. You know, I, we could sit here and talk for hours, man. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe we'll start our own podcast together where we just bullshit about whatever. Yeah, I like um, it. Be a great but, idea. Uh, we're, so, I don't think anybody would listen to it, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see after this episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, lastly, where can people find out about fire buddies? All right. So I got this really cool guy that designed this website. Um, it's uh projectfirebuddies.org is our website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, project fire buddies, uh, check us out. I mean, that's, uh, to find out our current events and everything that's going on is obviously on our social media, share mm -hmm. the social media with your family and friends share a post. We appreciate it. That, that does a lot too. just, just liking a post, commenting on a post that changes up that algorithm on social media where it, it starts more people get to see it and it spreads the word and it, and it just doesn't spread the word for us getting the monetary donations. It spreads the word because that's how we find those kids and those families that we need to find. They hear about the organization. You know, we need, we need to become a staple in everyone's mind and that's how it happens. And, and that's just help us. I agree, man. Um, thank you again. I, for, for your time, I know you're busy. Um, you know, we're all busy, so I appreciate you coming out, um, hopping on talking and, uh, you know, hopefully we, I, I will definitely have you back out in the future. There's no doubt about that. Um, but again, um, if you're going to be looking for project fire buddies, all of the uh, the website, the social media links, everything is going to be posted in the show notes. Uh, you guys can uh, click the link, make sure you follow Project Fire Buddies on Instagram and Facebook. Um, again, Kurt mentioned just liking the page and sharing it with your friends is huge. And it does 
wonders for the amount of people that we reach. I mean, every time we do it, it we reach hundreds, if not thousands of more people. And, and that's just, and that leads into finding more kids for our program. So please, yeah. please, please share, share it with your friends and family on social media. Um, again, brother, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, I'll have you again and have you on again in the future. Uh, for the listeners, thank you for listening to the first Do Entrepreneurs inaugural podcast. Um, if you like our show, hit the subscribe button and leave us five-star review. Um, again, if you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group as well. Uh, we have resources in there, people talking about their struggles and successes. So uh, join the group. There's also a link in there to be a guest on the podcast. Uh, thank you again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the First Do Entrepreneurs podcast. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button below and leave a five-star review. If you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group for tips. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.